Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, you'll hear a different woman share her story of God's transforming love. These stories are recorded in a live setting at weekly local gatherings, where we're aiming to build community through sharing, connecting, and encouraging one another. Most importantly, these stories reveal the faithfulness of God and how He can take what's ordinary and broken and exchange it for extraordinary and redeemed. Today's storyteller, Ashley, is actually a member of the Birmingham 280 Storytellers team. So we have been looking forward to Ashley getting to share her own story. And through fighting Crohn's disease, she has found that being vulnerable not only strengthened her body, but it also strengthened her heart and her relationship with God. We don't typically view a chronic disease or any trial or challenge that we face, especially on a daily basis, as a source of anything good. But I think Ashley's story gives us a fresh perspective on our challenges and how they can actually enrich our lives and be a source of joy and peace and intimacy with the Lord. Here's Ashley. Storytellers, I mean, it's just... It's been a blessing, not just to me, but I mean, I think to our whole community and every lady's story that I've heard um, has just been so touching, even if I thought at the beginning that wasn't going to be relatable. Um, This is not where I want to be right now. I want to be like this, but I'm not going to be like that Um, because I know God wants me up here right now and the enemy doesn't. And so that's why I'm going to sit up here today and share my story. So pardon me if I read off my um, notes that my husband bolded for me so I wouldn't forget anything. And he brought her flowers and dropped them off. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. We're giving you credit, Tapper, if you're listening. (laughs) And he also sent a card that said, thinking of you, and then he wrote in parentheses, duh. (laughs) Um, So I do have a very sweet husband, which you will hear a lot in my story. so I was born in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and I have a fellow Gulf Breeze friend in the, uh, in the audience with me today, Kelly. Um, and I grew up in a, it's a small community. I grew up in a Christian, um, loving, happy home, thanks to my mom over here that drove up from Gulf Breeze this morning at 4.30. Um, our, my parents gave me just like the most wonderful memories, and we are just so grateful for all that. Um, my mom was the heart of our home. She always was bringing joy. She always wanted to have fun. And um, she always wanted us to bring people to our house, like bring whoever you want. It doesn't matter. Stay as long as you want. I'll cook whatever you want. Um, and my dad, I never had trouble believing in God growing up because my dad is exactly who I think God of. He's loving, kind, the most generous, selfless person I've ever met in my life. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. I didn't think I would cry about that. <laughs> um, he's, he's just the perfect picture of God. And I'm so thankful that I have that picture. And I wasn't, I wasn't ever going to hold back from becoming a Christian because I knew that if, it, if God was half the man my dad was, then I, then I was all in. 
but my dad was not not afraid to give us tough love and he's still not afraid to give us tough love which i think is good um i have an older brother matt um who I know always thought I was the biggest pest growing up. Um, but now he sees I'm just the coolest person in the world. Um, he lives in New Zealand with his Kiwi wife, Shelly, and they have a two-year-old little girl, Hunter. So we don't get to see them that much, but we love Viber and talk to them all the time on Viber. Um, I went to school at the University of Alabama and graduated with a degree in interior design. Um, great college time, too much fun. Um, and after college, I got a job in Birmingham actually working with um, my now sister-in-law, Libby. And one day she brought her brother in to meet me. And he loves to tell the story about, to our girls about the first time we met because I was so into him that I ran into a wall while we were talking, <laughs> which is entirely true. <laughs> but they, lo they love that. It was a brick wall, too. So... <laughs> Um, and Tabber and I were married um, October 9th, 2004. Um, but I'm going to rewind back to January 2003 after we'd been dating about a month. Um, this was the first time I'd ever lived alone. So that was a whole adjustment in and of itself, just being by myself. Um, and I started having pressure and pain in my stomach. Um, it mostly happened at nighttime. And I remember lying in bed some nights, just curled up and in the pain, but not wanting to share that pain with anybody. I was, um, I didn't want to burden anybody with something that I didn't think was happy and uplifting. So I didn't even tell my parents about it. Um, just because I didn't, I thought it was burdensome and I only wanted to share happy, joyful things. Um, and I also got to where I didn't even, and it was embarrassing too, because I was making trips to the bathroom. I didn't want people to know what I was, what was going on. And I would start making excuses. I couldn't go somewhere or I was leaving somewhere quickly. Um, but then the pain turned to where I was getting scared and I would sit at home and just wonder what was going on. Um, am I overreacting? Um, and one night I remember laying in the bathtub or sitting in the bathtub and I just started crying and I was like, there's something wrong. They're like, it's not going away. So I drove myself to urgent care and I didn't tell a soul about it. I don't even know when I finally told you about it. But um, um, when I got there, of course, they ran all kinds of tests. I guess all the ones I can run at urgent care. Doctor asked me all kinds of questions. Um, I answered him the best I could. And he thought I just needed to go... Um, the test came back, everything was negative, which Woody was running. Um, and he said, you probably just need to see a gynecologist. This sounds like some sort of female issue. You need to see a specialist. Um, but gradually the pain got more and more worse. So it was like a um, constant pressure in my abdomen. Um, and it worsened when I ate. Um, then uh, I noticed my fingers started swelling and I didn't really wear rings at the time. So I didn't notice so much, but um, that was a symptom I couldn't hide from people. I remember being at work one day and Libby was like, Ashley, you can't even hold that pen to write. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It's, it'll go away. And she said, no, you need to probably like see a doctor or something. And I was like, okay. So she got me in with like her family doctor who said, I don't know what this is. You need to go to, um, orthopedist but the time you know to get into a specialist it was months later and the pain had subsided the pain and the swelling had really subsided so he just was like I don't know I think he thought I was kind of crazy but that's okay um so in May that was um 
that following May in 2004, I was offered a job in my hometown working at an interior design firm. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, God was so looking out for me to bring me back home to let my parents, my parents were like, sure, come on and live back at home with us. And I, so, um, I took the job and was so excited just to be, um, coming back home. I, it was an exciting job and, um, and sweet, sweet Tapper decided, oh, I'll just sell my house in Bluff Park. I'll move down to Pensacola. I'll get a job down there. Um, I want to be closer to you. I want to get to know your family. Um, and that's when I was like, maybe I should keep this guy around. If he's like selling a house to buy another house. Um, and then that summer, my symptoms really subsided. Um, we just kept on, you know, we en enjoyed time down there. Um, and then in October, we got engaged, and I was so excited to be planning a wedding, especially with my mom living in the same house as me. We All we could do was just think and write notes and fill in binders and things. Um, but the symptoms came back almost immediately, and this time they were a whole lot worse than they were the first time. I remember on Halloween night sitting at a high school football game and my cousin was playing and I just, it felt like there was just a stabbing going on in my stomach. And um, every, t it, it felt the best to like sit like this cause the stabbing wouldn't hurt. My mom, who you can tell sits up straight all the time. Um, was like, actually sit up straight. <laughs> and I was like, it hurts. So I finally did, I just kind of admit to them, like it hurts and there's something going on. So I went to see um, a gynecologist and she, after running tests and everything, she was like, I, she thought it was endometriosis. <laughs> And so the next step for that was to get an MRI. And um, I remember laying in the MRI tube and the um, lady that was, you know, talking through you through the microphone, she was, I was like, the pain's up higher. The machine stop, stopped right here. It needs to go a little bit higher. She goes, I can't run it any higher because you were only ordered a lower abdominal MRI. And um, I was like, okay. And um, the results came back and it was nothing. They said they didn't see anything. Um, by Christmas, I couldn't stand up. Like I could barely walk. I was walking hunched over. Um, when I was at work, I would be falling asleep at my desk and could barely eat anything. I think I was living on like tomato soup because um, it was the only thing that just, you didn't have to chew or anything. Um, and I would make excuses why I had to leave work. Just, I would say, I need to run to the store. Fortunately, Target was like five minutes down the road to get something. And I would just sit in that Target bathroom stall crying and going to the bathroom and like ble the bleeding wouldn't stop. Um, so I knew that like it was getting really serious. Um, but I was afraid to share any of that with anybody because I was embarrassed and I thought, no one's going to want to hear that. Um, so by January, the pain was constantly wake me up in the middle of the night, and I would rush to the bathroom. And um, I was waiting to get a CT scan, um, but they had to wait for insurance to cover it. And you all know how that is. You're just like twiddling your thumbs. Um, one night, I remember I woke up and just couldn't stop throwing up. And um, I went, and, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but I went and got in bed with my mom. I got in bed with my mom, and I'm thinking, I'm probably the only 24-year-old crawling in bed with her mother. And I'm sure my dad didn't even have a clue I was in the bedroom, but that was okay. Um, 
And of course, she scooted right over and was like, come on in. Um, and so I stayed home from work that day. And um, my dad came home to check on me. And he was like, can I get you anything to eat? Have you eaten anything today? And I was like, I just ate an apple. And like, no sooner had I said I ate an apple that I just threw it up in the bed. And he was like, he got pretty angry. But he was like, this is enough. We're not waiting on the CT scan. I'm we're putting you in this car. I'm taking you to the emergency room right now because they'll do one right away. They wouldn't wait for anything. Um, we got to the ER, and I guess you just met me there. I can't really remember how that all went down. Um, and Tapper was actually in Birmingham at the time for work. Um, and my mom's sweet friend, Kathy, who wanted to come today but had something else to do, called him and told him I was in the emergency room. And I guess he got right in the car because I don't ever remember him not being there. Um, when we checked in, they gave me um, an IV with pain medicine to um, just so I could communicate what was going on because I could barely communicate where the pain was or what was going on. And um, they said, okay, we're going to do the CT. And I don't know if any of y'all have ever had a CT scan before, but um, you have to drink all this fluid so they can um, run the CT to see what's going on all inside your body. And I drank it and within a couple of minutes, I'd thrown it back up. And um, then they were like, well, maybe they put a tube in my nose that went to my stomach and just kind of fed it through that. And um, a couple minutes later, that came up again. And they were like, well, if there's something going on. We're just going to try to do the CT to see if um, see if we can just find anything so we know where we've, we've got to focus on. And I remember sitting in, I've never been in an upright CT before, but that's, I guess what, that's what they do in the emergency room, sitting there. And I wasn't worried or any, and I'm sure the pain medicine probably had something to do with it, but <laughs> I wasn't, I was just sitting there thinking, thank you God that they're going to figure out with this. I don't care what you tell me I have. It could be cancer. It, I mean, that was probably the worst thing I could think of with some sort of cancer, but I was like, just tell me, I just want to know. Um, so I think I was pretty relaxed the whole time. Um, but the CT was able to show there was a large obstruction in my abdomen. And so they went in, um, for exploratory emergency surgery right away. And Tapper informed me last night, he goes, you don't remember this, but I got there right when they were wheeling me back. He was like, you were like in the OR prep room and they let me come back and like give you a kiss. And your dad was standing there and he was like, don't you, and he told the surgeon, he like grabbed me, he's like, don't you let anything happen to my daughter. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so my first memory waking up from the surgery was actually, why is this tube still in my nose? But also, I heard pretty much right away that I had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which I had no clue what, what Crohn's disease was, and that they had removed um, 15 inches of my small intestines, and it had gotten so inflamed and it had closed up, that's why I couldn't th keep anything down, that it had attached to one of my ovaries, which they also had to remove. And um, one of the eight million God blessings was my um, gynecologist happened to be in on the surgery. I have no idea who called her, but she came in on the surgery and wrapped the other ovary to protect it so we could, um, so I could have a family one day. Um, so um, I woke up the next day in a hospital room, and a GI doctor came in and explained to me what, what Crohn's disease is. And for those of you that don't know, it's um, 
an autoimmune disease that can can attack any part of your body, um, any part of your digestive tract. Um, and it and it then it attacks the rest of your body and it can attach to other things. Um, and he was like, "Who else in your family has this? Because it's really only um, hereditary." And I was like, "I don't know anybody that has." And he was like, "Who in your family is Jewish? Because <laughs> it runs in like the Jewish gene line." And I was like, "My grandfather, but I'm not related to him, <laughs> like by blood, because he was married through the line." Which we kind of laughed at, because he was like, "Why did you even share that?" But anyways. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if it could be by, I don't know, spending the night at his house or something. Um, so um, I told you they removed the ovary. Um, and then he was kind of filling me in about Crohn's disease. He said, um, you know, you're going to have to come back to a new normal. You won't be able to eat things that you could normally eat, and it's all trial and error. You're any, you know, some people it's salad, some people it's dairy. It could send your body into a complete attack mode. Um that you just, you're just gonna be in a lot of pain. Um, and he also told me there was an 80% chance that I've had surgery again in five years. So that kind of stuck with me and I thought, okay, that's not gonna be me. I'm not gonna let that happen. Um, and the most exciting part of staying in the hospital was I wasn't allowed to leave until I gave them proof that my intestines worked again. <laughs> and I'm sure I don't have to tell you what that proof is, but um, that was embarrassing in and of itself. And I started um, immediately on an oral medicine to help keep the control, the Crohn's under control. But in being in the hospital, I mean, I hate to say it was enjoyable, but we had, I mean, I had great, I mean, I remained, I tried to remain positive and happy because my mom had always told me like joy is a choice and you can choose it in every circumstance. Um, but then we started complaining because after a couple of days, they were like, how can she give y'all proof when you're not even letting her have ice chips? She's just like sitting there with a tube down her stomach. Um, and um, so that was kind of, that was really the most frustrating part is that I couldn't, how could I have anything come out if I wouldn't have anything come in? Um, but I, and like I said, I had, a, we had a great time in the hospital. Um, I know that was because of pain meds half the time too, but that's okay. <laughs> that's what they're there for. Um, but I was never alone more than two minutes in that hospital room. My mom stayed beside me the whole time. And if she had to leave to go do something, we had to beg her to leave. She spent the every night with me. And um, except one, Tapper and I talked to her. And we were like, we'll be fine. You know, go home and get some rest. I guess she thought we were going to make out in the hospital bed or something. <laughs> but, like, I could barely move. So I, there was none of that. Um, um, so nine days after my surgery, um, I had given the doctors the proof that they needed, and I left the hospital about 20 pounds lighter and um, was just focused to not be that 80% that was going to have surgery again. Um, a couple of months after the surgery, we went up for a follow appointment with the gynecologist, and um, we were like, can, can we really have children after after with only one ovary and I I wasn't sure I was like well, I don't know I'm not a gynecologist so we asked her and she was like you know the body's amazing it will compensate for only having one you'll never probably miss a beat on anything um 
and she was she was right. I mean, we were blessed with um, Mary Elizabeth in 2007 and Kate in 2009, pretty much right when we decided we wanted to start having kids. I mean, God is just so good just to protect to protect us in that. Um, so life after that surgery was, um, it was really good. We got married, like I said, in October, we moved back to Birmingham and I remained fairly healthy. Um, I had a a few flare ups, but nothing. I was always like, that's nothing. That's nothing. Um, the worst part was I was having finger and joint pain, kind of like arthritis pain. Um, and it was in my knees and wrists. Um, and so I was told to go to a rheumatologist just to check to see if there's anything else they could do. And he ran some tests and said, well, it looks like you have lupus. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got something else to add to my list. And and then I, we have a good family friend that's a rheumatologist in Gulf Breeze. And so... My, my dad was like, well, just call Dr. Brown. He'll, he can help make sense of it. We'll come to find out a lot of the same symptoms of lupus and Crohn's disease. They go kind of get crossed over. So I was like, oh, well, I don't have lupus. You can just throw that away. Um, and in 2010, um, I asked my doctor if I could get off medication because I'd been in remission um, for six years. So I had made it past that five-year mark. I was excited. And um, I don't like taking medicine. So I was like, those six pills a day were just like, I just felt like I was just pumping drugs into my body. And he was very reluctant, but he was like, I'll taper you off. We'll see how you do. And I was in remission until April of 2015 when my grandmother um, just suddenly and tragically passed away. Um, She... She ran, I mean, when you say grandmother, you think a little old lady. She had done a senior's triathlon three days before she passed away. Um, she did not stop. She, if any of y'all have met her before, had met her before, she was just amazing. It was my mom's mom. Um, and she was just the most wonderful example of faith and perseverance in my life. Um, her husband, my grandfather, um, had died about a year before she passed away. And he was ill for a really, really, really long time. Um, He was Jewish most of his life. And it was um, my grandmother's gentle and faithful example that led him to Jesus two weeks before he passed away. Um, I remember her telling me, Ashley, Ivan told me right before he passed away, Joe, Jesus is my friend. And it's only because you have constantly and just gently led his, led his story through your whole life. And I thought, that's why he, you know, stuck around just, just so she could, I mean, so she could do that to him and it took that long, but he's in heaven now and she's in heaven too. Um, so Tapper and I drove up to her memorial service in North Carolina after that. And I'll never forget sitting in her house eating a bagel because I will never eat a bagel again. I felt the Crohn's immediately come back after I ate that bagel, um, which sounds bizarre, but it just did. One of the biggest triggers for Crohn's disease is stress. So I was like putting it hand in hand. And after having children, I now could, could equate those um, that pain to like contractions where they just take your breath away and you can't talk through them. Um, so we got back home and I called my GI doctor who another hand God, another uh, example of God's hand in this, um, is a good friend of Tapper's. Um, 
they went to high school together and he actually led Tapper to Jesus when he was in middle school. Um, so Dr. Brunson is his name. Um, we called him and he was like, come get some blood work. We'll just see. And my inflammation marker was extremely high. So we knew something was going on. Um, I had a CT and an MRI scans that revealed that the Crohn's had come back and exactly where they had removed it, which um, they say is the good kind of Crohn's to have because they want it to, they don't want it to be all over your intestinal tract. Um, so for about a year, we tried different diets and medications and nothing seemed to get it um, in remission. Um, but this time I'm, I was in the same amount of pain, but this time I had a husband and a family to take care of, and all I just felt like I was doing was constantly letting them down. Uh, you know, didn't want to get out of bed. I was so tired and um, in pain. I didn't even want to spend time with the people that I loved so much and that loved me, and I was just not enjoying life. Um, but again, God showed me the example of a servant's heart and, and tapper. Nothing I could say or do or he could see would gross him out. I mean, he was there through every ugly thing that he saw. And he had so much compassion and sympathy for me. I felt, I just felt guilty that like I could, there's no way I could repay him. But now, I mean, I know I didn't need to, but it was, he was there and he wasn't leaving. He would just rub my head at night till I fell asleep. And if I woke up like moaning in pain, he would just rub it again till I fell back to sleep. Um... So about a year after um, it came back, I realized that I probably have to have surgery again. Um, but this time I wasn't worried or frightened or embarrassed. Um, I know it was a different scenario because it was planned. I knew what to expect. So that took off some of, some of the stress. But I had this indescribable peace that I couldn't explain. And I mean, I'd even have people say it to me. I think you said it at one time. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just not worried about it. Um, but I came to realize that um, the change was I had people not only praying for me like I did the first time, I had pr people praying with me out loud that there is so much God shows up when that happens. Um, I was in a small group and I found out that I could be open and vulnerable and like people didn't care because if you're open and vulnerable, they're going to be open and vulnerable. Um, that I could share the worst that was happening in me and I wasn't ashamed, um, which I thought was so crazy because I grew up in a small Christian community where church was like number one in our life and my family was all, you know, rock solid. But I'd realized I'd never let anybody into my heart before because I was afraid of what, what they would think and that I was being negative or complaining. Um, and I realized that this is like what God, how God wants us to live, sharing our mess and depending fully on him to help us through it. <clears throat> so in September, I had my second resection. Um, it went great. I had a wonderful Christian doctor pray with me and Tapper before they wheeled me into the OR. My parents came up to help with everything that was going on and to be with the girls. Um, and again, I had sweet friends and family, including an aunt that drove from Central Florida just to come visit me in the hospital, um, come to the hospital, and one of them's here that made me laugh so much that I thought my stitches were going to blow <laughs> sitting in that hospital bed. I was like, y'all, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, but I was determined this time I wasn't going to be in the hospital nine days, and I... Um, 
was out in six. So I was very excited about that, and I was excited to show my proof like three days in, like share. <laughs> it was like a party, but I mean, all God's children do it, is what I tell everybody. Um, so um, since then, um, I'm on an infusion medicine that I get every eight weeks, and I'll probably stay on it in forever. I've finally been able to figure out what my food triggers are, and um, you know what to avoid and what's okay in small amounts, um, and how good ways to lower my stress. Which one of them is exercise? Which anybody that knows me knows I love to exercise, and um, just being in a small group, even if it means like taking time to just sit on the back porch with a tapper and talk, talk to my girls, talk to friends. It just letting that weight off of me and sharing it and especially giving it to God just relieves so much from my body. Um, I did have one scare since the surgery. Um, last fall, my dad was diagnosed with small cell lung cancer that spread to his brain. <laughs> and it's been so painful to watch him and my mom go through all this. <laughs> And I was determined that stress was not, I was, it was not going to be an issue. I was, that, like, I wasn't going to let the enemy have that over me. Um, but in mid-December, I started not feeling well. So I called um, Dr. Brunson, and he said, just come in. We'll run a blood test. And he, we had called him right when my dad was diagnosed just to say, be on the lookout because this is going on. And, um, the blood, the, um, the blood rest would be revealed that my inflammation marker was at a 37 and, um, normal is below a three. So it was elevated. Um, that afternoon Tapper came home and he was like, Hey, well, how would you feel about having a, um, church friend of ours pray healing over you? And I was like, bring it. I'm ready for anything that you've got. (laughs) So we, um, we went up and met. It was um, actually two people that met us. And I have, y'all, I have, if you've never been prayed over for for anything out loud, I mean, I have never felt so alive in the presence of God than having my husband speak words of prayer over me and these two prayer words like plead and praise God as the ultimate healer and for his undeserving love. Um, I think this was truly the first time I felt and I fully put my trust in God. I'd always, you know, said, said it, but I put, it was his agenda. It's not mine. And if this was meant to happen, he's got a bigger plan than I do. And I, and I told him that that night. And, and when we left, I mean, I think we used a whole box of tissues on the ride home, but that was okay with me. Um, so two weeks later, he said, let's do a CT scan, or we scheduled the CT scan, but I had it two weeks later. Um, and I remember walking into Grandview Hospital, and I'm thinking, why the heck am I having this CT scan? I do not have Crohn's. It is gone. Um, this is the biggest waste of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and not being able to have a cup of coffee I've ever. <laughs> um, and I found out two days later that um, I was correct. I did not have it in my body. And... Um, and then Dr. Brunson was like, let's just do some blood tests to just reaffirm that your, that your levels are normal. And um, it came back. My inflammation marker was a 1.4. So it was completely back to normal within a matter of weeks. And Dr. Brunson, when he called me, he said, Ashley, we owe this to God. Um, we, are we owe God for this? So this is not anything we did. It was all him. Um, 
I'm so thankful for the power of prayer and community and friends and family and healing um, and also in modern medicine. And I'll probably always have this disease and never take a single bite of anything, not thinking what it's, what's going to happen to me if I eat this. And I'm okay with that because I know he's got it. Um, but I did want to share, um, I was reading this book and probably before I even started preparing, but I went back to this and I just wanted to share, it's called The Cure. I don't know if y'all have ever read it or not, but it says, what if there was a place so safe that the worst of me could be known and I would discover that I would not be loved less, but be loved more by telling it? No one gets free in isolation. No one gets love or to be loved in self-protection. And God allows some pain to awaken our hearts. Um, so that really just spoke to me, um, uh, that whole book. And I don't know if y'all all got scripture cards today, but this is a, a verse I probably say to myself every single day. Um, and it's 1 Thessalonians six fifteen through 18. Um, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you and Jesus Christ. And that's where I am today. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. That was amazing. And she is open for questions. If anybody has any questions while you're listening, or um, I didn't just bring this on. I don't know what your triggers are. I didn't. I thought it was only like gluten. No, it's not for, uh, and they've, they kind of changed after I had one surgery to the next. Um, and I found out that there's a reason I should, probably should have looked up how many feet of intestines we have, small intestines, someone might know, but it's like 12 or, th I mean, it's something outrageous. Um, so I've probably had two and a half feet removed and each foot is there for, or each inch is there for a reason to absorb something. Like so, different thing, like like, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, so, um, he's like, it's just going, you're just gonna have to figure it out. But mine's at the beginning, mine was mostly salad. Like I was like, I cannot eat salad to save my life. And I was so sad cause I was like, oh, but I like salad. Like why, why can't it be something bad for me? Like chocolate or something. <laughs> of course that would be, that'd be horrible also. Um, but, um, now, I mean, like I will never eat a bagel, like, like dense bread, dense bread. I, I don't do. Um, and I will, I mean, I eat lots of salads now, but I won't do like a broccoli slaw kind of thing or, um, really, I mean, the best thing for me is always just like everything in moderation. If I want, if I want ice cream, just need to eat a little bit of it. If, you know, if I want, you know, it's really moderation, but it's mostly like, like roughage things and the, the dense breads. But some people are different. I had, um, two friends that actually were supposed to be here today that have Crohn's disease that there's, theirs are different things too. So yeah. any more questions? I have one. Yeah. Um, was it any different, um, when you were pregnant? With the Crohn's? Like, were you able, still able to take your medicine? I was able to take my medicine because that was one of the first things I asked. The, um, the biologic that I was, <clears throat> on was safe to be pregnant on. And I found out later, cause I was like, man, I was in remission for a long time. You know, that was amazing. Um, 
I found out from a friend, I think, that um, being pre- something with your hormones when you're pregnant actually helps put the Crohn's into remission more. I think that's a God thing. I mean, just protecting you. I mean, you can say what you want, but I, I didn't have, I mean, anything that was amazing, um, amazing in a bad way that happened while I was, while I was on it. Actually, being a lifelong Christian, do you? How do you feel that it's changed your relationship with with God? Having Crohn's disease? Yeah. Um, I think that. I mean, it really just it makes it not. I mean, not about me. It's about Him. I mean, anything to me can be like thrown our way, whether it's an illness or a you know a child that's that's not behaving good, but. It, you know, and it seems like you can say it so easily, like, just put it on him. He's got this. But I think there's a difference in saying that and, like, actually, like, believing. Like, I don't, like, this is so not me. And I don't have to worry about this. Um, because if I'm not worrying about, if I'm worried about it, he can't worry about it. I mean, he can't take care of it at the same time. So I don't know if that answered it or not, Kelly. <laughs> do, you, do you feel closer to him? Do you feel Oh, absolutely. It's been a growth there. And I, and I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for having Crohn's disease and any other little, you know, bad things that have happened. I say bad things, but I think that just, we can, we can make it, or I feel like I can make it bring me closer to him or I can withdraw from him and I'd rather not go any further back. Um, yeah, so I'm thankful for Crohn's disease, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you, Ashley. Thank y'all. I hope I was understandable. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us today to hear Ashley's story, and we are going to be changing up our schedule a little bit as we jump into the summer months because most of our local gatherings are taking a break. We do have some different events lined up, and so we will record those and post those episodes, Um, but we also have some other things in the works. We'll be doing some, um, I guess, in-studio, if you want to call my dining room a studio, some studio interviews and uh, stories that we've recorded privately um, that we'll be posting in the future. So um, it'll be a surprise, I guess. Just keep an eye on Um, our social media and we will always announce when we posted a new episode if you want to be on our uh, newsletter you can sign up for that on our website which is storytellerslive.org so we are grateful for you and we hope that you will join us again soon